You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to episode 456 of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in the city beautiful of Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer out in Holyoke, Massachusetts, where you guys fall is here. The crisp in the morning air has been blessing the cyclocross weather of New England. Yes, the cyclocross gods have, have shined down their cold rays upon New England, <laughs> the birthplace of the legendary sport we call cyclocross, and of course the homeland of the sport worldwide. Mm-hmm. So welcome so, back to Cyclocross Cycl- Corner. <laughs> it's here. Uh, it's Cyclocross here, it's season a, is definitely yeah. here. This is a podcast within a podcast that I'm doing now off the top of the show. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Called Cyclocross Corner, where I welcome you all mm-hmm. to New England, where Cyclocross reigns king okay. and queen. Okay. And queen. And oh. court. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you guys just do whatever you do everywhere else. Uh-huh. So you were racing this last weekend or just spectating at the races? or Both. All. Everything. <laughs> All-encompassing. It's like an all-seeing eye uh-huh. atop uh-huh. the Black Mountain that looks across... Uh, the land searching, searching, ever searching for the one yeah. cyclocross race to rule them all. I've never been to New England in fall, but I assume, uh, you, you know, the smell of leaves and, and, and mm-hmm. in the air, but also just the smell all week, just the smell of tubular glue as everybody just uh, up and down the street is re-gluing tires, preparing for mm-hmm. the weekend, young and old. So alike. As, I, as you walk the dog down the block, yeah, yeah. you catch, catch now, the odd whiff of, oh, is that... Yes, it is. It's mastic. It's mastic. Oh, you know, yes. and like, oh, so, old man Johnson's still using the Conti glue over there. He's yeah. going to have another bad season. <laughs> so I know that I was not in New England this week, but it was cyclocross. And I did hear over what? here several conversations this weekend about how um, certain tubular tire companies still have plenty of stock available. Um, going into that's, this season, that's wild. That doesn't yeah, make that any sense. Wild. Um, that is wild. You know, the tub- tubular tubular stock is actually looking pretty good. So if you need anything, now is the time to buy some tubular tires. I would um, like lot still available. to apologize. Yeah, I'd like to apologize to all those companies for getting out of the purchasing tubular game six years ago. And I, mm-hmm. I think I'm just riding out the ones I got, guys. I'm sorry. Think, I don't think I'm getting. Do you think the the bottom has fallen out of the tubular game? Um, so I got to imagine I guess the margins were slim. So I know it's yes. I know cyclocross <laughs> was was birthed and given to us from New England. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's really reached its true adolescence in Madison, Wisconsin, at yeah. the Trek Cyclocross World Cup, where I was this weekend. And I have to tell you, for the I think cyclocross? I've been there five times in the cyclocross. Midwest. In the hmm. Midwest. It's Crazy. New. For the five <laughs> times I've been to the Cyclocross World Cup, 
in mm-hmm. Madison, Wisconsin, Waterloo to be specific. A fantastic on the event. grounds of Trek. Oh. The amount of mud that was there this week on Friday and Saturday, it was pretty awesome from the standpoint that I sell high quality waterproof gear. But I was walking around and there's just a lot of miserable people and I was and I since I'm in Florida, I have a lot of samples that still have their tags on it. So I was able to wear those around and stay really dry. Mm-hmm. But I have never seen so much mud on a cyclocross course than what I experienced. I was quite okay. proud of myself now, for going to the local um, fleet farm to yeah. get some uh, wellies, some rubber boots for $20. I'm Fantastic. Sure I'm pretty sure it's Farm and Fleet out there. Farm and Fleet? It was Wally World, actually, is where I went, because Farm and Fleet mm. didn't have any. Okay. Yeah. Really? So That's a lot. Now, hang on. Yeah. On the scale of... Uh, one to Jingle Cross. How muddy was this? <laughs> Jingle Cross Plus, not even close. Because Jingle we, Cross not Plus, even, not even, not even close to how muddy. Like, yes, we've been to some muddy Jingle Cross on that downhill. We were there, four but this years was ago. little guy. It was yeah. really muddy four you. years ago. I know it's you guys don't remember because you didn't race. But it's like hub mud in certain sections. Nineteen when we went, we went and I raced. I guess I can call it racing. I rode around the course with other people. That was like the muddiest thing I've ever done. And, and you're, you and everyone was saying this was the muddiest it's ever been, but that was the muddiest race I'd ever experienced. I think. So here's the thing though. The course was fantastic. I I guess, let me give an update. First off, it was super muddy come Sunday. Unfortunately, I was unable to go to the actual World Cup itself, but I did see all the UCI races on Friday and Saturday and the Legends races. It was fantastic. Saw a great crowd. Um, It looked like the World Cup dried out a little bit when they used Factory Hill. And Thibaut Nice takes a dominating um, win. And then on the women's side, Femme Van Empel takes a 30-second win. But I got to tell you, the, the individual, like course setup every year there gets better they do a much better job than they have in the past with the cross coursing uh course crossings because in the past you would cross the course and then you'd find yourself in like a dead end you couldn't really go anywhere to watch you'd have to walk all the way back now it was (laughs) very well designed interconnected like you could cross through see different parts of the course the way they use the flyovers (laughs) but you could always like get to where you wanted to be fairly quickly it was yeah. awesome. It's nice. if you're a if you're a racing fan in the U.S., I think we kind of take it for granted that Trek is doing this World Cup, and it's the only one in the North American continent. Mm-hmm. And it's that good. Like, go seek it out. Like, it is a great weekend. To it's three full days of bike racing. It was awesome. Well, Dude. I remember it being uh, a pretty good event back when we went. Uh, I've been a couple of times. Um, but if you say they've they've raised the level of event production just, since then, uh, it sounds like it's a, a pretty good event to, seems, to go to. It just seems so taken for granted that they continue it at the World Cup level. Like whereas like the other events, you know, Jingle Cross, but then you had which was around for a while, so which was fantastic. But then you have Fayetteville kind of just doing a quick like one off World Cup before they well, do money Most grab worlds. there in Fayetteville yeah yeah, sure. yeah but still like whereas like Trek like it's again like it's where else are you gonna go 
and it was pretty awesome. And it's a shame that there aren't other World Cups in North America to bring the full complement of teams over. That is, is, is all I want to say. Yes. So, anyways, it was fun to be there. Um, saw some great racing. Also came across a couple friends of the pod. Cool. Um, first off, uh, ran into Josh from... Uh, Oh, he's in uh, Missouri somewhere. Columbus, Missouri. Uh, Definitely not St. Louis. All right. Couldn't be. Okay. Now, Josh got us three of these. It is a extreme sports ID. And I'm sharing with you guys on the screen here. Who who do you see inside this Lance Armstrong Uh, knockoff wristband? That can't be. I mean, it's it's glowing with beauty, so it must be. The Columbia High Road kit, the yellow looks amazing. With the it, ribcage, kind of it's it's a I it's forgotten. a candidate for my new K van. It's a candidate for my new key van. That's for sure. Oof, that's a bad van. Um, <laughs> I think I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it right here so you guys think that this is my face. That's how beautiful oh, this individual gosh, gorgeous. looks. I, yeah. f- I have forgotten how much the Columbia High Road kit is just a yellow and white ripoff of the CSC kit. It kind of is. I didn't think of that either till this but um, you guys want to tell our listeners who i was holding up though yeah yeah uh, it's a, they can't figure it out now but it's gorgeous george hincappy yeah gorgeous george and hincappy. this is a power grab because basically it's a Livestrong bracelet with a with an individual serial number locked in and for five dollars annually mm-hmm. you oh. can go to um extremesportsid.com let me check that real quick i just started a question yeah. room so give me just a second wasn't there a different brand that also did this at the same time? Go to, go to Extreme Sports ID, and it's only $5 a year after that. Wow. Um, so let deal. me see if this website is still up and running. So give me just a second. This is different oh, than yeah. Road ID. No, it's still there. It's kind of broken, but it is still there. And that's huh. Extreme with an X. Um, never go out alone. Ooh. I, I didn't realize yeah. how it was spelled. I didn't see that on the package. I did guess. That yeah. it was extreme, <laughs> and I am here. Yeah, that's because um, that's you've been in marketing now, departments before, Spencer. Yeah, you, yeah. Knew, you knew immediately. Now, There's now, a fair amount of broken links on here. Um, the the copyright on this website down at the bottom in the footer is still saying 2008. Uh, yeah. So that's not a good sign. Uh, when was Columbia High Road still? Let's take some bets for those uh, keeping track at home. When was the Columbia High Road team? I mean, it might have ended in 2008. I don't even know. Well, I mean, this website was certainly designed 10 years before that. I'm looking so it up. Columbia it looks like... was 2008, and it ended... This is High Road, yeah, it was 2000, 2007, 2008. Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, that's a... yeah, High Road is a little later. You're right. HTC is... So, There's Josh, no thank you for that. What do we do um, with this product, though? I'm I, I'm reading this site and I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. So, um, yeah, thanks, thanks, Josh, for that, um, gentlemen. I'll be sending that out to you with your bike house Dunedin um, swag. I've got <laughs> a couple care Retail packages location. building Thank up. You. Also, a friend of the pod, Nick uh, from Madison, absolutely slaying it in the 35 plus race. Looked great. Jesse Reince didn't see him, but mini Jesse Reince uh, won a uh, junior race out there at, nice. uh, at at the Cyclocross World Cups. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, that's cool. Overall, it was fantastic. Uh, can I tell you guys one of my highlights of the Truck World uh, Cup? Please, um, besides uh, the mud, only one. 
Well, I've got a couple. I guess the first okay. one is I did see the Trek fetch like the big cargo bike in person. So it's pretty cool to see that. Uh, the e-bike. Which I love one's cargo the fetch? I'm really is into it the right front or the That's back? That's the bucket bike. That's the bucket. It's, it's okay. the front loader. It's the front. It's the the fetch okay. four or something. It's like eight grand, nine grand, but it looked really cool. And then every year the the Cyclocross World Cup has an improved merch section. The merchandise they had this year was pretty fantastic. It was like the battle amongst the cattle was the nickname for this year's uh, Trek World Cup. Uh-huh. It was really okay. well designed. Uh, oh, saw a friend of the pod, Micah Moran. Um, I saw him actually when I was sneaking around Trek World Cup or Trek headquarters looking for the Klein room. Yeah. Uh-huh. They kept telling out. me it was next to the pool and I couldn't find it. Yeah. Oh, you got to you got to go to the pool and then look next to it. But anyways, so it was cool. Overall, Trek World Cup, major thumbs up. I hope other people uh I I hope it keeps coming back because there's really nothing else <laughs> out there. <laughs> Not much else. Not much else. I hear New England's got quite the cross scene, but uh Well, you know, I don't no. want to brag, but we did invent cyclocross. Yeah. What was going out? What, what what's going on in uh, cyclocross up there, right now? Oh, pretty much everything. Um, being the center uh, of of the cycling universe uh, oh, in the fall, um, we do have the uh, the series going on out here in Western Mass. We get a uh, uh, treehouse um, cyclocross race coming up just just down the road from me here. I think next weekend and. Uh, you know who I think I that's the see? fourth of five in the series? Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to have to start stepping up my game if I want to take yeah, on the yeah. leader's jersey. Yeah, get those I didn't see Bill Shiken. I was kind of bummed. I didn't see Bill Shiken, but I did see probably the best photo he's ever taken. Yeah. Go over to CX Hairs on Instagram. Did you see the Curtis White uh, photo no. that he took? And the subject line is the Heisman. It is oh, one of the coolest photos I did see that this. CX yeah, yeah. Hairs ever taken. So CX Harris on Instagram, go take it, and you might want to just download it as your um, phone background uh-huh. because it's super impressive. So, anyways, well, cool. Um, now that bike racing's done, uh, little guy, what do we? What else do you want to talk about? Uh, I guess bike racing is done. I think we were going to talk about Japan Cup. It is the sixth monument of cycling. So we have a little bit yeah. more bike racing to talk about. Just a little bit. Yeah. The uh, sixth monument of cycling. It looked like a great time. All I have seen, because I didn't watch it, was I did see someone getting slapped amongst their head on yeah. Instagram. I don't even know at who the it is. <laughs> at the crit, though. Not at the That's real the one. Yeah. My, uh, okay. One of the Lotto Dynasty guys smacked some guy on, I don't know what team. Like a, a fan? No, like another rider mid-race. Another rider. Yeah. Not okay. classic. So what team? <laughs> Uh, I don't even know, like, like, this is like important. a, did you like see a okay. smaller did you see? team okay. that I've never heard of. Did, Asserting did you his see who got? Did yeah. you see who got second in that crit, though? No, who got second? I didn't the know Japan who won Cup the crit. crit. Who won the crit, even? I don't know who won, but oh, okay. Riley Sheehan of the oh, Denver really? Disruptors got second, <laughs> and Edward Toons took the win. Oh, Thunes. Oh. But, um, oh, that's good yeah. for Thunes. He's so, always knocking on the door, man. That's nice. Did you see the, did you see the NCL put a post up on their Instagram? Did they? Yeah. Thanking, thanking Riley Sheehan for his uh, efforts and work, elevating. Um, but he is no longer the on the team. Uh, yeah, uh, Israel uh, Premier Tech is going to be uh, signing uh, Riley Sheehan for a permanent contract next year. 
Is, yeah, you is, would think. Is, is, is you would just think. from the Instagram. We will bury two or so I'll do that and, for you. And that sound you just heard was everybody that was just fired getting a portion of their paychecks that they were planning on getting for the season. Because, no. uh, you know, I'm sure NCL is going to uh, mm-hmm. take care of the riders that they got rid of in their <laughs> business plan. Yeah. Uh, but well, uh, I need to do, uh, I need to do slight- a quick okay. deep dive into, into Sheehan's results and make sure there wasn't a 16th place recently because it seems... Like it's on the trajectory for, you know, so I, I'm not looking at it now, but I think he mostly just wins things. Like his result sheet is a little too top 10 heavy for us. I think, well, he got six, huh. he got sixth place at the Japan cup, which was run by Rui, won by Rui Costa. Yeah. Um, in a sprint over Felix Engelhart of team <coughs> Jayco, excuse me. And Guillermo Martin rounds out the podium in third place. 16th place is Herman Pernsteiner of Bahrain victorious. Um, but yeah, another fantastic Japan cup with the highlight being a head slap in the criterion before. Okay. Spencer, Spencer, you were right. I just pulled Sounds up Sheehan's like results on the, not the 17th of September. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd had a DNF the day before comes out at mm-hmm. the Ixani Gukiski something PB lotto race in Belgium pulls a 16th off. There you go. That's where he gets the Never. luck. Then he rides a cut. Then he rides two uh, mediocre races, an 18th and a 47th. Those don't matter for anything. Then he goes and wins Perry Tours, and now we've got uh, a second and a six over in Japan. So less than a month later, less than a month later, it has never it has never failed. You know, less than a month later. Wow, that is impressive. People pay big money for subscriptions to cycling magazines and websites around the world, and all they need to do is listen to a couple of idiots on a podcast spread across the U.S. who are just like, yeah, 16th place means good things are coming. And it always does every single time. Dude, little guy, what Mm. place did he get in the individual time trial of the national championships? No, I don't know. I'll answer it for you. 16th place. Did he? And his first ever race for Israel, Premier Tech. From the Denver Disruptors, mm-hmm. right after he uh, this would this would be a bellwether. Right after he got ninth place, he got a DNF. His first race was a DNF. That makes sense. Next race, sixteenth place. Less than a month later, wins Paris Tours. There it is. Now top ten at a monument. That's at pretty monument. awesome. Congratulations, Riley Sheehan. We are here for you when you ever yeah. you want to come on the podcast. <laughs> um, you cool. You guys happy about Rui Costa getting? Moving over to EF for next year. It makes perfect sense. He won the Japan Cup, and you know that's their bread and butter. Like, they had merch. We had, I don't remember now offhand who sent us, uh, tipped us off to this, but they had Japan Cup-specific merch for the team Uh, this year because they know it's a monument. They they didn't win it this year, but they're like, we got to bank that old man power for next year. Can I just say that I'm a little... Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that he's not on Trek, little, little Trek. Really? Why? You think he'd be good with there? the Hackney Hedgehog? Yes, a hundred percent. Come on. I don't know. There's right. There's two teams from America, quote unquote, from America. There's two <laughs> two, two American teams. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Lot of dynasty or little Trek. Okay. And I'd rather Roy Costa is on little Trek. It's the old man power. You know, kind of the it's the because they've had Bauke Malima 
for all those years. Hymar. It's kind of the, for 20 it's more. where you should go. <laughs> they, signed, they signed Bakke to a huge contract a few years ago. He's going to race there till he's in his 50s. He's trying to beat Valverde. Um, yeah. So, anyways, it was really is, cool to see uh, Roy Costa get that. You're absolutely yeah, right. slightly off topic, but I was thinking about Costa winning, and he had a really good season. And, you know, he's like 37, 38, still winning bike races, still winning monuments. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of another active rider who's had the fact that he won the world championship set the bar too high. Cause if you look yeah. at his results without the world championships, you're just like, look, this guy's in his late thirties. He's still winning. He's been a solid domestique. He's won uh tour of Switzerland, like 475 times. Mm-hmm. He's like had a great career, but the fact that he won worlds sort of, it just set the bar too high. And it's made, I feel like people think that, ah, you know, yeah, he could have been more. He should have, but like, man, Sometimes you or, win that or, big one and you're and it kind of ruins it it, it 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 ruins the curve, you know what I mean? Yeah. So for sure. It it either it, it either sets the bar too high and is like, well the the rest of what he did wasn't good enough, or right. it sets it sets him up for like, oh, he was a flash in the pan guy who was good for one race, and you're like, Well, no, he was actually good for a lot of races. Yeah. You know? So it's like it's a pendulum swing one or the other. You either think he has done nothing but win worlds, or you think he should have done everything, yeah. but he just didn't. He just didn't. But yeah, no, I mean, uh, you look at his results, you're like, he's 37, he's won 32 races. Like, that's yeah. a huge career by any regular measure of of a cycling career. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I think. Of, oh, you know, I was just thinking, man, sometimes like, and this is not in the same boat, but I thought of Igor Astarola. He <laughs> yeah. was a guy who like... I think now, had a few one. other. Well, Ooh. had a few other like do- he obviously like was super juiced, and I'm not throwing shade at Rui, but uh, but like he won some decent stuff on the juice, but he also shot a little too high with that world's win, and that that world's really win. tanked you, the curve. Do you remember you know where I mean? that world's was? Hamilton, <laughs> Ontario, Hamilton, right? Do you yeah. remember what year? Ah. 2003, 2004, I believe. Or and okay. I remember the climb was the the only reason I like really remember this is because I read all about it in uh cycle uh was it cycle cycling sport cycle sport what was the cycle magazine sport. Spencer cycle sport C- cycle sport really? it was the UK magazine it, that we brought in and changed all the English words to um, American yeah. words and then sold new advertising yeah whose job Three is that, that magazine a funny job. <laughs> was that terrible. magazine. I remember them previewing the course, and it was where I learned the word escarpment. Like, that was the name of the climb. It was like the escarpment up from the lake in Hamilton. And I kind of want to go see that climb at some point. Now, Worlds is returning to Canada for the first time in almost 20 years, a little over 20 years, when it returns to Montreal in a few. Um, But yeah, yeah, Rui Costa for life after you win the monument like that. It's pretty awesome. So I, I, let's let's delve into this 2003 World Championships in Hamilton because okay. right. one interesting thing is, is if it 2003 you look, or 2004? 2003. I think, 2003. I think it was Ooh, three. That was, yeah. like, so that was my you, first. Oh. You look at the results and, and the way they list them is there's no one in seventh place because Michael Barry has been scratched because I'm assuming he admitted to some doping. Uh, now, poor this, Canada. This hometown guy. Number scratched. one, Igor. Come on. We all know that dude was juiced. Clean number, as a whistle. Two, 
our boy Valverde in 2003. Come on, no, clean no, 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 no. <laughs> Three might have been clean. Peter Van Petergen. He was probably riding on uh, uh, beer, and uh, uh, if any P- rider ever P- looked P- like he P- mostly P- was third that year, yeah, I forgot on that, that. time. Uh, number four, plenty of doping accusations. Paolo Bettini. Yeah, sir. Number sure, five, sure. admitted doper and uh, big tooth enthusiast, Michael Bugard. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> Number Love six, dirty, dirty, dirty Bo Hamburger. Dirty. Come on. So, <laughs> uh, And then Oscar Frere, Luca Polini, and some guy from Estonia I've never heard of rounding out the top ten. You can't – How Michael Berry is getting really so, – Knocked down here because that is a dirty top ten. I went into the archives, boys. You got you got I it. Pulled out. Look at the, that. No, the closest I have to the 2003 World Championship Cycle Sport Magazine is December 2003. On the cover, a beautiful Jan Ulrich, helmetless. Uh-huh. This was back yeah. when bike racing was cool. Um, yeah. Just looking at this uh, cover. There is uh, one world champs mentioned on the cover. It says Spain two, Italy zero, Bettini's Blues take a beating in Canada. Mm-hmm. So they actually cover it. Mm-hmm. And Asterola taking the win um, kind of gets buried. Got to be honest. Kind of kind of gets buried here. It's like people don't even know who he is taking the victory. But I gotta tell you, these old magazines. I, I, I think we put out with... six issues a year, if I remember right, and we had to make every single one about the Tour de France somehow. Otherwise, all the old guys wouldn't buy it. Well, <laughs> well let me tell you the. Uh, yeah, that's why. That's why Jan's on the cover. That's why. Let Jan's me tell on the you cover. what. Let me tell you subsection one of the uh-huh. coverage of the Hamilton World Championships for what was at one point the pinnacle magazine of road racing in the united states mm-hmm. subsection one the lack of lance yeah yeah well that was the so, other thing we had to have in so, every uh, yeah. article yeah, you gotta have you gotta have a lance mention um but yeah astrola well, taking the win world cycling productions was literally built on the back of lance armstrong i i oh, there's yeah. no they make no bones about it they made all the videos they put Lance or, or Postal on the cover of everything they possibly could. They tried to make Hamilton, Tyler Hamilton work, but no, you know, it didn't. Yeah, it tried. Right. Here's where marketing. Here's where marketing teams were awesome. Astrola won mm-hmm. within like two months. Physique already had a world championship saddle for him on the full yeah. Seiko Cannondale kit. Is that thing yeah. beautiful? Yeah. Oh. And too bad he never raced again. Imagine a day <laughs> he before the internet 2009. was. Was so uh, <laughs> ubiquitous that you could buy the articles from a magazine in Europe, rewrite them, resell advertising, and then print and sell the magazine in the U.S. That's how slow information made it across the world <laughs> in two thousand time. It's really simpler incredible. Time. It's a simpler time, yeah. But oh man, I. Every now and then I pull out a random cycle cycle sport magazine just to look at the great advertising and it's uh it's next level. But I mean anyways, it's a, it's a uh, way to uh, inform your eBay searches <laughs> and, and cause yourself 
financial hardships. Actually, were pretty this might be, um, <laughs> like, I mean, just some of the file photos. I know this is not going oh, on. I'm just yeah, going to start yeah. putting these on Instagram. But here's a picture of Eric Zabel providing a health check to yes. Jan Ulrich. So yeah. um, we just don't see high quality photos like that anymore. Every now and then you might get the quick step like pillow fight. Um, advertisement, but uh, yeah, I, this is, I this think a fun stuff. exercise would be to for Tim for you to jump on the eBay and just search for the Cycle Sport UK versions of all the issues that you do have, just to see how oh. different the covers are in the uh, <laughs> in the. So how little guys both have copies. Of, now you're both holding up copies L- of little guy's got a pro cycling. What, what what bag? What year is that? February Jesus. 2004, and it has a lovely hey, picture of Eric Zabel and uh, and Vino at the yeah. uh, and telecom were, team launch. Vino is pouring so a cup of tea for the captain, Eric Zabel, as he pilots so the boat down the that. river. Do you, do you have that like tabbed out? Like, do you have a post-it note on that one? Like, you you pulled that one so quick, and the headline is audio slants. This is back when magazines mattered. Wow. I mean, they're right. I have my little, I mean, obviously I'm a professional, you guys. I have my cycling section of books and cycling specific magazines right next to my podcast studio here, uh-huh. yeah, which is called a desk in an attic. And I just knew where they were. Timmy, you're going to like this. Who am I holding up now? Oh, this Yvonne Mayo, audio. the giant killer this of Al Suez. It doesn't matter. This is so good. Everyone, go to your great go radio. to your library. Go to your library <laughs> and just start looking for two, early 2000 magazines because I got to tell you, I, this is when cycling was cool. I got to <laughs> think a good chunk of our listenership, including myself, yeah. no longer has or maybe never had <laughs> any of these uh, magazines. Yeah, well, a good chunk the of country. our listenership needs to step up their game. Now, because I, I do have a bunch of books over here on the bookshelf. I don't have any magazines anymore, though. Oh, books. so good. It was Ooh. so good to uh, see so many uh, friends of the podcast wanting us to talk more about bike racing. But let's be honest, gentlemen. Let's get to where it really counts. And, of course, I'm talking about what's happening in the European Pro Peloton. So let's go with our very own correspondent um, random page opening. Oh, it's none other than Isidro Nozal of Team Once, <laughs> this week's Premlap correspondent. Wow. Hi, I'm Zoe Bassett, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. It's a deep cut. Real deep cut. And here we are in the Prem Lap. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters and those that said hi. Nick, thank you for being a member of the Wide Angle Podium Network and a donating, donating supporter. Um, head over to WideAnglePodium.com to help support independent cycling media. It does cost some bucks to keep this thing afloat. And uh, if you ever wanted to buy us a beer, now would be the time. Just head over there to WideAnglePodium.com to become a supporting member. Flawless execution on the advertisement, as yeah. usual, Tim. Um, That's right. I want to also shout out uh, uh, all the sister shows on the network we have. You mentioned uh, um, Cyclocross Radio was on scene there at the at the Trek World Cup. Obviously, they weren't going to miss that. So yeah. they're going to have uh, 
top-notch coverage and let's face it probably the only real coverage of that event will be on cyclocross radio available via the wide angle podium uh, network of podcasts and also on the wide angle podium uh, youtube channel if you are not checking that out bill has been absolutely crushing the heat check videos as usual every year it's your really your only dose of domestic cyclocross roundup um when when those heat check videos drop so uh do yourself a favor and hit the subscribe button over there as well at youtube.com slash wide angle podium that really helps us out as well if you're already a supporter if you're already a listener and you're looking for something else to do that is a a, a really good way to to move the needle for us so we'd appreciate that as well and it's it's not just bill doing the cyclocross content because I saw some pictures of him playing hockey with Sven Nice. So yeah. that's that is like God level stuff. Like and he looks amazing in those photos. He looks resplendent, yeah. Oh my god. It's so it's so good. That's that's a weird check on a bucket list that I didn't know anybody had. It's I was completely jealous because I was trying to get to hockey and then to Jim see so jealous. Bill there. But Bill Welcome to Varsity. You got your Varsity uh, sweatshirt. It was great to see, but playing with Sven Nice, that's that's definitely an unlock if there has to be one. Okay, um, so here's a question. You're playing hockey, Tim, with uh, Sven Nice. He's on the other team. Yeah. Are you laying him out? Are you play, making a statement? 100,000% are you kidding? Yeah. If, he, if he's got his head down in his skates, uh-huh. he'd be like, what do you think this is? Louisville? Come okay. On, man. All right. I'm just. You know, I know you came to the phone party, but I'm not taking taking no prisoners. You know. Now, here, um, then I have a follow up. Do you think uh, his team's got an enforcer that if uh, some some hot headed oh, hot shot like you, think you I'm, takes you think out I'm, the king, you think I'm coming out of there with my head after uh-huh. doing that? The entire <laughs> okay. the entire trek team will be coming after me. People will be thinking, yeah, like done. All right. Yeah. All right. There's um, a quick shift change and a bunch of goons come yeah, off the bench. Yeah. yeah. Gloves okay. everywhere. Um, <laughs> now, pretty soon, I will say this. We're not just there yet. But little guy has been working his magic to bring on board a one-of-a-kind Slow Ride podcast sponsor. We're not going <laughs> to say it yet because we're very close to signing the deal. But I feel like it's getting so close. I think I've got it. I think I've got it. This this one this one's amazing. And yeah. I got to tell you everyone's going to have to support us on the way to pull this one off because if we can if we could seal the deal on a company that True. is from Connecticut. Laying it on, on thick. Podcast, uh for little guy here. You're putting is, a lot of pressure on the good. man. Little guy, if you can get this deal signed, the Connecticut bicycle manufacturing world is going to be absolutely thrilled with us <laughs> oh, all right all right you know you're like hinting right. people are going to be like yeah. thinking about what what what's what's from connecticut but um and they're going to be yeah, wrong. hopefully uh and they're probably going to be wrong we'll, that's we'll bring in a I'm new feeding them the misinformation so, uh-huh. so anyways yeah. let's I'm get excited. back to the show hello this is shireen from a last track and i don't listen to the podcast <laughs> All right, guys, here we are back at the show. Let's dig deep into that Slow Ride Podcast mailbag, shall we? Uh, 
favorite the crab the cake kevin dolan writes in the welsh corner since the baseball season ended before a showdown of the orioles and the twins could happen Mrs. Crabcake and I take solace in the fact that our trip to Wales can solidify the support for the pod in the Welsh corner. As we travel the roads, we keep a lookout for unicorns. We will see G. Thomas or Luke Rowe cycling in the offseason on the roads of their youth. Mm-hmm. We will be in the fable land of King Arthur. Perhaps we will discover the mythical episode 400. And as we navigate these lanes... I wonder, how would Peak Pod Tim pronounce the town names of Blanau, Festu, Noig, or Lingrawell? If I mention the pod to the bike shop employees when we rent bikes, my wife will roll her eyes, but at least she understands me. Cheers from the temporary Welsh corner, Crab Cake. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, the quick Kevin. question is, why Wales and not Scotland? I mean, well, for G... For G, yeah. Obviously. If you have convinced your Scotland. significant other to go on vacation with you and <laughs> you can somehow get yourself to the homeland of G without making it obvious until it's too late and the tickets are purchased, that's the deal you're going to do, right? All, right? all right. Fair enough. Um, last week, you guys may remember that uh, we got our first ever Zwift pain case submission. We got yeah. our second one this week. We'll be sharing it on Instagram. This one comes to us from a friend of the pod, Julian. P.S. Tim, that's pronounced Julian, like Julian Alaphilippe. Gotcha. And Julian writes, Dear Slow Ride Pod and un-American Canadians, you requested pictures of our pain cave. I live ridiculously expensive but temperate Vancouver. So it's not as much of a pain cave as a wheel out in a cramped apartment. Being an old guy, like Peak Tim, my bikes are made from metal and not plastic. I recently bought the new, plat- the new laptop and stand since you didn't pay the invoice I sent Spencer. Since, I sp- since you didn't pay the invoice I sent when Spencer trolled Peak Tim regarding his Tour de France Peloton statement. Can I suggest that Tim spend some time with little guy, schooling him prior to his trip to the Wisconsin Cyclocross event at CC Madison to avoid mispronunciations of established riders' names? Nope. And big props to Spencer in Massachusetts, who is always smiling and waving to all his fellow cyclists as he passes on the road. That is true. Oh, and motor doping accusations aimed at Cancellara were in in 2020, Ronde, when he wrote a specialized... Still patiently waiting for episode 400, your pretty loyal listener, Julian. So did you gentlemen see this pain cave with what appears to be a seven titanium bike? Looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. I mean, it's not very cave-like, a lot of natural light. Uh, I mean, it looks like a nice space, but I don't, I might be disqualified. It looks too nice. It doesn't look like. There's lots of natural light. It's probably in a high rise. Uh, one of those glass uh, encased uh, high rise condos that are all over <laughs> Vancouver. Um, what I like about this seven, though, let's get into it, is the brown handlebar tape. Solid move. It's kind of got the yeah. saddle match. Leather too. Look. Brown saddle. Brown saddle. Yeah, it's match. a really yeah. well done look there. What do you have in the background, little guy? Is that a Van Diesel? You know, I yeah, yeah, 
you you probably saw me leaning into the screen. I have I have I, I zoomed and enhanced as much as possible, and I have not been able to confirm or deny that it's what it is. Uh, he does have another custom bike back there, and I I can't quite read the down to. We got a there's, solid and there's a bike behind a, that. I can't. There's ooh. another bike behind that. It's right in and tell us what those other quality bikes photos. are. Yeah, yeah, you can't Julian, do We're going to need us. to know what else is here. Um, we've got two bikes. A solid Eddie Merckx photo um, as well, poster. Anything of the cannibal has got uh, massive uh, massive attempts. So overall, um, while it's not two dual Seiko Cannondales that we saw last week, um, this week's submission to the, uh, the Pain Cave trainer setup is a pretty solid one from Julian. But like Julian Alaphilippe, it's a bike's throw short of a uh, <laughs> of a nine out of ten. So Man, I'm gonna give this one like an eight good. out of ten. Eight out um, of ten. It's an eight out of ten because Julian's making the most for his space. Yeah, Here's the that's thing: true. is that like yeah. I recall living in places without like you know shared communal um, parking garages, you know, apartment type setups. Like this is pretty good, and the the orange elite water bottles in the background now, here's here's the thing i like I'm, to me i'm looking at this over. and i am thinking vancouver apartment right like i'm thinking okay you need to if you're not like a multi-millionaire you you need to be stretching your dollar as far as you can and that's what's going on here and i'm seeing the the bike the mat the trainer everything the bikes against the wall in the background i am seeing a space this is you have rented an apartment, but what you have rented is a bicycle studio, workout studio, <laughs> with a small cot in the back that you sleep on, For sure. and you know maybe like a coffee, uh, Mister Coffee in in the corner that you probably fry your eggs on as well as make coffee because you're, you're not doing this anything. Else. This is this is dedication. This is the monk lifestyle here. Uh, I I am giving this ten out of ten. I, the light in this room is clearly you are facing your your windows out over think that, uh, the beautiful downtown area of Vancouver and all the uh, beauty that, therein. You think Julian got up like super early for the uh, like got up real early for uh, the golden hour? Be like, oh, the light's going to be really good mm -hmm. here. Um, there's some good. I mean, the posters that we see here. I mean, the, the laptop stand it's is It's the good, attention to detail that gets me. Yeah, I'm going I'm going full 10 out of 10 on this one. Oh. I think, I, Julian, well, we, we need a little uh, bit higher quality photo because I want to zoom in on, like, what's yeah. the books? Like, That's what, what you I'm know, saying. What kind of water bottles? One is you got two custom bikes behind you. You sent this to three bike nerds. I can't tell what they are. You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, there, I, 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 yeah. The that's, rim brake, that's, it's, that's it's just, driving it me nuts. You, it keeps you wanting more. It's, it it's does. wonderful. It's like a it's like a Picasso. No, you're right. So you guys, there's a poster on the wall. There's the Mercs. We can see that. There's mm -hmm. um, uh, a, a very like artful like cobble poster cobbles like illustrated cobble poster of some kind that looks looks cool. I can't make all of it out from this angle. But behind that, there's some people finishing what looks like on a podium or like a mountaintop finish. I can't tell who is that, but it looks like more than one rider with their hands up. Is that the Cobra and Peepley? That time they, they broke away and won together? Because oh. oh, if it is, dude, that's this a is 100 out of 10. Out of 10. This is the greatest <laughs> pain cave of all time if you have a, if you have a Cobra and Peepley <laughs> finish photo. So yeah, I think... Yeah, Where do I you get Tim, that? Tim EPO would drip out of that painting. I mean, it, yeah. it just wouldn't... It wouldn't be legal. So, what if it I is not? 
Arico and people leave finished photo. What do you give it? I mean, I would say almost 100% it's not. Like, where would one get an image <laughs> of those two guys so juiced? Like, by the time they got those printed, those guys had both been busted and kicked out of the tour. So, yeah, where would we even get that, you know? So, so what do you give it if it's not? Uh, I'll give it a, I'll give it an eight out of 10. Cause Whoa. I want to know what the bikes are. When you tell me what the bikes are and who's in the poster, I might upgrade you. <laughs> wow. Might upgrade. wow. So <laughs> we love this. Send us photos of your bikes or your bike studio, your bike workroom at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. And then of course we'll share it on our Instagram at Instagram slash the slow ride pod. Um, this one is now up, just posted it on our, uh, Instagram. And so Little guy, what else is uh, going on in the world of drum breaks? Well, what happened to me this last week was that I was reading around on the internet. I was reading, I was flicking through some articles on the Radivist, and like a month ago, not even a month ago, October 5th, there was an article about two bikes and building them, building up, two people building up the same frame two different ways. And one of them was built up. It's a flat bar road bike with drum brakes, front and rear drum brakes. And I got to say, that's dumb. Why would you do that? Also, I'm really interested in it. And I've been like searching drum brakes now and thinking about <laughs> drum brakes more than <laughs> makes any sense. Oh. Um, but the, the gist of this article, I, I, more than the drum brakes, is just the like idea of building a bike out of that kind of like wishy-washy kind of old okay. kind of worth keeping stuff <laughs> like i think one of the one of the bikes they like if you find this article is like about how like eh, it's a rear mech that's kind of broken but i found another one and i took the cage off that one and put it on this one and it shifts through seven of the eight gears and that that's the sort of stuff that really appeals to me you guys know yeah. because i beat yeah. you both on a bike yeah. at schwambigan that uh back in 2018 that i built out mm. of my refuse business history <laughs> illegally <laughs> Um, but anyway, I, I've been thinking about drum brakes more than makes any sense. And I doubt I'm going to go build I, I, up an all drum brake thinking bike. about drum brakes on a bicycle is too much, little guy. But I do appreciate <sighs> the way your brain works in that you see something and you're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I need to now learn everything I can about it. Yeah. And about two years from now, I'm going to say, I'm going to give you about 24 months yeah. You're gonna have a bike with a drum brake on it, and well, I it's actually gonna have disappoint one. you every day. No, I mean I actually have one. The, so the tandem came with uh, oh it has God. canties, and well, then it also this, has a rear drum. That's a common. But, but the idea of running front and rear drums is is really appealing in a weird way. And also, this is a deep cut just for you guys. But you guys remember Sven, local Minneapolis courier legend, mm-hmm. um, car detailer supreme. I think I want to say he lives in like Copenhagen now or something last I heard, but he had a weird bike. He had some of the, he almost consistently had the weirdest bikes He did of any courier. Weird, and he had, wonderful bikes. He, he for a while had this like track bike set up and he had this weird system where he could swap it over to have a couple gears, but then have drum brakes. So he didn't have to like, probably drill it for cable drill it so we were like all very obsessed with having track bikes and especially you didn't want to have any brake holes drilled in there even if you didn't no. have a brake just having that hole was an admission uh that someday you might become so weak that you'd be 
you'd need a break. <laughs> you'd have yeah. to need a break. Yeah. But he had this weird bike setup where he could like swap over levers and different wheels that had drum brakes on it. And I remember just thinking at the time that this was this made the least sense of anything I've ever seen in my life. Like why would you want this? Now I'm thinking about it and I want to learn more about what that bike uh-huh. was set up like cuz that's <laughs> actually just so genius and I well anyway weird bike setups your... I just want them send me weird bike yeah. setups people send the trainers but also just send me the weirdest bike setups you can you have no, let's, let's stick want, to the trainers because I don't want to talk about <laughs> drum brakes anymore then I have to <laughs> alright anyway go go find this article on the Radivist called uh, where vintage hides in the spectrum of fantasy and reality because it's like catnip that's such an appropriate title like I couldn't have made up a joke about a title yeah, to be no, more spot on than that. That's it's, incredible. It's it's very cliche, but you know. So, I know that we were just so busy and enthralled with um, drum breaks, but I did just get an alert that we actually have a couple more emails in the Slow Ride Podcast uh, inbox. Um, right. So let's get right to it. So the first one comes to us from friend of the pod, Matt. Hi, answering a question and ending with a question. Just listen to Charm School episode, Psychocross episode. To answer your question, I listen to either Cross or Slow Ride podcast for results. So, little guy, people do listen to our podcast for results. That's that's okay. the first answer. Hey, we can't all be right. Now, Matthew continues, dipping my toe into cycling world and use these shows to get a feel for what's going on on the national and global cycling community. Background. A male, mid-30s with four kids. The oldest kid is five and a half, and I live in Richmond, Virginia. Shout out to Richmond, Virginia, home of the only live show in the history of the Slow Ride podcast. This is true. What it's do you true. think? What episode number is that? I think people should go out, because did, um, did we include the uh, stand-up comedian? We did. It, um, I think it's 74 or it's right really around early. there. It's pre-100, and... I think after the episode, I think we throw the intro that the comedian did after the jump, after the uh, we're, outro. We're, I, we're confident, weren't we? I look back to that. Sold out over, show. Over 400, almost 400 episodes ago, we were brave enough to do a live show at Cyclocross, or at, sorry, Road Worlds, and people showed up. It was great. Thanks for all those OGs that came out. But anyways, uh, Matthew continues, former Roger, runner with a dodgy knee. Former rock climber with a dodgy elbow. With a dodgy elbow. I bought a used 2014 Fuji road bike last Christmas and sporadically trained on it in the basement. But never Perfect. got it on the pavement. Have an original Cannondale mountain bike with rolling cams brakes. A, oh, like AKA it. the Safe. family bike. Yeah. Question. I like to stay fit. I like to compete. But rarely have more than 30 to 40 minutes to exercise three to four times a week. There's a summer local crit series and about two to three local cross races. Should mm-hmm. I sell both bikes to get a gravel bike to do cross and maybe try a crit with road tires or just upgrade the mountain bike to use to a used hardtail to be able to do some road cross trails, but less competitive. I'm price sensitive. Thoughts from the experts are appreciated. I know where I'm going to go right away. Yeah. Where, do not right. sell that Cannondale mountain bike. Are you kidding? I mean, it's got... Here's the thing. He's got roller cams. Yeah, you can't sell that. That's a different yeah. kind of brake. 
Yeah, so you gotta. We you gotta just keep we that. just talked about this. You gotta have different kinds of brakes. I I don't have any roller cams. I'm jealous. What size is it? Send me a you note. Know, sh- shout out to Matt and his partner for four kids, and the oldest is five and a half. There's not yeah. a lot of bike riding time coming, so I get it. So, no, no. I I think right away you ditch the idea of competition and go to like how can you get out with a few of your kids at one time so i mean extra cycle this bad boy like go like i would say go cargo bike style like with the the longer frame if you can't get an extra cycle to add on like the kind of as a burly knockoff um but keep the mountain bike I ditched I mean, the Fuji road bike for sure. The, the, this is solid advice, actually, from Tim. This the, is rare. I'd take it quick before <laughs> it expires. The answer is clearly what we, we talked about last week is the death of the Surly cross check. You need a bike that can do it all, that you could race the crit on, that you could do some gravel on, maybe throw a cycle cross race. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm... I'm Unfortunately, a lot of the gravel bikes will do that for you these days. Um, you know, you will be able to just have a good time and, and race, you know, and see if you like the crates. Maybe you don't, and you're good to go. See if you like to cross. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. You know, if you're not in New England, you're probably at, uh, you know, an awful race that's just ter- a terrible shadow of the greatness we have here for cyclocross. But I'm kidding, uh, mostly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think you get a good all-arounder and get the most bang for your buck. Uh, you know, spend spend uh, uh, some money on a couple extra tires or a different wheel set, um, so you can you can swap things out. And uh, uh, the the any extra money you have, you know, you're probably gonna have to invest in like a Nintendo Switch or something that you can set up next to the trainer, so your kids can uh, can all play Mario <laughs> Kart while you're uh, you know sweating uh, to um, sweating uh, to the oldies. Well, not to the oldies, but, uh, you know, I was trying to think of one of those old videos, uh, suffering, what is it? Sufferfest, uh, Sufferfest. Yeah, yeah. You're doing your old Sufferfest workouts and, and they're, uh, they're doing their Mario Kart and, uh, you, everybody well, have a good time. So I'm, what's, I, I think sell the, the Fuji, get like the yeah. extra cycle add on or a sweet burly. And really just double down on the Cannondale mountain bike and just go ride and have fun with your kids right now. Like The Fuji is like, perfect. The Fuji is the perfect bike. <laughs> the Cannondale, you can sell to some fool, like, little guy who will just be excited about weird brakes and, like, be easily separated from his money. And he'll that's have true. buyer's remorse, but he will be yeah. excited about it at the same time. So nobody loses. And then the you can is get a nice gravel bike. You're both right in that <laughs> the gravel bike would be great because you could do the cross and you could put the bigger tires on it and go pretend you're Peter Sagan and ride the world's course. Yeah. If you're in Richmond, but Tim's also right in that you want to hang out with the kids. And, um, I think we all can agree because none of us are in our, uh, peak competition prime anymore. Oh, I'm always peak. I don't want to (laughs) compete. I don't want to compete. Uh, I just want to ride, you know, and, uh, you know, everyone's in a different place. So, Maybe you're ready to crush some souls, you know? I'm not. So I'd, I'd go with Tim's route. But. Our next email comes to us from friend of the pod, Andrew. Feeling so out of the loop, or maybe like an old man. Dear Slow Ride Podcast, bike models have an expiration date. 
so it's no surprise that the cross-check has been laid to rest. I remember buying my cross-check frame set for what seemed like a lot of money in the mid-2006-ish years. So 2006. But also, it was an affordable bike. Yep. Is there a cross-check replacement these days in the bike world that holds that same merit? Maybe I'm just way out of step these days since I live in the sticks and I like gears and I don't need my bike to be light and 130 millimeter spacing works just fine. I guess being 39 means I've seen a lot of change in the industry and maybe that change hasn't always been for the better in my opinion. Okay, old man rent done. Thank you, Andrew. P.S. I have owned two crosschecks only because the first one died in a battle between myself and a Buick. I was happy to replace it with the beefy gravy, the beef gravy color crosscheck. Um, mm. By the way, Buick. Bu- I think a Buick could is the only car make that could beat a crosscheck in a uh, in a in an accident. Probably. Rest of these to two legends. <laughs> crosscheck and Buick. Yeah. So this is an honest question: Is there? Um, no, no, there's not. There never will be. Uh, it's I unfortunate. Mean, so what's the closest? Like, Surly- what's, like, do we know of anything that's even close right now? Of like, like the closest in vibe is squid bikes, but they're not. Yes, they're not cheap. Like when Surly came out, it was like you can you can get this frame for a couple hundred bucks and then build it whichever way you want, you know. And yeah. uh, they weren't they weren't handmade uh, in the USA like like the squid bikes are. So the, like there's a premium you're paying for that, but. Uh, I, I don't think anything as decent of quality for that price uh, exists right now in the bike industry. Well, like all the Surleys, I was looking at the Surleys that they currently make, and they all look exactly the same to me, and I can't tell the difference, but that's because I don't understand disc brakes. I just understand drum and roller cams and stuff, and then I could tell what kind of bike it was. I think but, it's the amount of bottle cages you can get on there. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like the the three road bike roadish cross bikes they or four that they make right now or whatever. It's like I can't tell. Is one of those supposed to so replace did, the cross track? Because they all look like they could fit 40s, and they all run disc, and they all are slack enough. So like any and, one of those seems like it's probably the same thing, basically. I'm gonna do a little bit more research on the squid bike, Spencer. Thank you. Um, non-sponsored uh, advertisement, by the way. Like I definitely want to check it out because they look pretty badass. I've seen the one that you've got. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it looks like a good setup. The only other one that I somewhat know, but I don't think it's as high quality as the, the Surly when it came out because the very shout, as I mentioned it last week is the D to C with going with, um, state bike. Like, I don't know of anybody cause they're just steel. Like, I, I guess I don't know of anybody else. that's even coming close to what you could get with cross check. What I liked about the cross check was like even the bar end shifters and like the 105, like it was quality components that were put on the bike as well for super affordable on the complete. And that was completely unheard of. So where a lot of the other companies that are out there right now, this um, squid, like... squid selling a complete or is it a frame and then you build it up? Oh no, it's a frame. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. Cause like, I don't know who else, like the only re- the only thing coming up in my Rolodex is the it's... state. It's not a good complete. business model, which is what Surly figured out. You know, yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. it, people don't want to piece together things anymore. That that art is uh, is dying. Uh, that art form. Um, I think 
you know, as far as complete bikes in the shop, there might be some Konas that come close, I think. Okay. Um, and I want to feel like Bianchi should be doing something good, but they probably haven't for about 25 years at this point. But they should be. Yeah. But Kona's got a couple of steel uh, steel bikes that look pretty good. Uh, but I again, I don't think they're nearly as cheap. And at that point, you may as well get something a little more individualized. So it's like, it's hard to, there's a lot of like, kind of off, not like full on production, but kind of half production uh, companies doing stuff in the U.S. that gets you in that kind of middle ground if you want something a little fancier but you're not getting custom geometry you know mm-hmm. i don't know like yeah. i was thinking like i was i was really wanted a vinyl for a long time so yeah. I really wanted to that's a good yeah. you that's know good too. and like yeah. that's more expensive than a lot of these other things but it's not it's not full on custom price really i don't know it's, it's mm-hmm. still up there but do you guys want everything's to, expensive do you guys want to play a new game last minute game to wrap up the show everybody else can play with us that's listening to the podcast right now Oh, I love these yeah. when you spring them on us. Yeah. This yeah, is going to be the, uh, it's a brand new game. It's called How Much Did It Cost? Okay. Um, to, I am going to read too you, much. Can I, I'm going to read you the much? description uh-huh. of the, the product in the back of the Cycle Sport America <laughs> magazine. Uh huh. Okay. Um, and then you tell me how much it cost back in 2000. And this, we're talking. December 2003. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. Phil, and then we can see if it's, it's, it's truthful. It's unfair because the little guy probably has the magazine on hand. <laughs> yeah. All right. I have 2004 I issues, and I won't I won't cheat, but yeah, I <laughs> okay. mean, yeah. The, right. the inflation difference from 2003 to 2004 is just Yeah, crazy. it's wild. Yeah. Phil Liggett's thanks, Morning thanks, Brew. Phil Liggett's Morning uh, Brew. Okay. A lot of Englishmen drink tea. But apparently that doesn't hold true for famous British cycling commentators. Phil Liggett swears by this rich, dark French roast as the bean that gives him the kickstart at 5.30 a.m. on the 18th day of the Tour de France. Phil Mm. Liggett's morning brew is 16 ounces of mountain-grown and oven-roasted French roast. Oh, man. You know that's vintage. The, co- the fancy mu- coffees, they don't even do 16 ounces anymore. It's all 12-ounce bags. Oh. Oh. Back in the day. This was... It was eleven ninety five, Plus shipping and handling. Little guy, do you have a guess? Are you serious? How do you I know, don't it, was know. A, it was exactly eleven ninety five? <laughs> Whoa, it, Spencer! Spencer but must. I drank a Spencer lot of must coffee. still have. Spencer must still have the uh, price list from his days I, of working. I also there. worked at World Cycling Productions. Probably wow, sold a lot sell of that a coffee. Lot of that? Did you sell a lot of it? <laughs> uh, we were Gift Central. If you knew somebody who rode bikes in your life, this this was the place you went to buy them gifts for for their holidays. You know, yeah. I didn't. Oh. I didn't know for sure, but I was like, it had to be right around there. Was that because the brew that was in the company coffee machine? Like you went to the break room? No, 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 no. No, the owner of, of that place, Tim, there's no way he spent any more than absolutely necessary on us. He, it was probably Folgers. Um, <laughs> oh, anyways, well, Spencer, you're the winner. 
of um, fantastic. You know what? I'm gonna try to find you a pound of uh, Phil Liggett's Morning Brew. Oh, please don't. Ugh. Anyways, I don't want some twenty year old subpar coffee. Right, right. I was thinking a normal yeah. price for a pound of coffee back then would probably be eight ninety five. But what's the what's the Phil Liggett premium? You know, and I was like, eh, probably about three or four bucks. Well, gentlemen, it has been yet another fantastic episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. We'd like to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. Continue to send us your submissions of your pain cave. Make sure you give us a couple pictures so we can really take in the the accoutrements of your pain cave. Uh, we'd also like to thank Cycle Sport America magazine for giving us countless content in the off season. And, uh, Find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod. And with that, this is Tim in lovely Orlando, Florida. Matt in lovely Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in lovely Western Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists and see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Wow. 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 an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.